0: tuning in we appreciate it please
1: all right good morning morning ken um so we're back first uh training session of 2020 summer uh we ended the spring rule session last month about four weeks ago where we did i don't know 24 webinars and had um and you name it we had a fiscal on giving us some great training from NFL down to Division Two to high school, um, high school experts from like Bob Arnone from Get It Right from Alabama, just giving us some some great great training to the New Mexico high school officials. But this morning we have uh, two gentlemen um, from Albuquerque and from Las Cruces. They're high school football coaches that have um, agreed to train us in defensive schemes and how they see the, the game of football through a defensive coach's perspective. So it's gonna be interesting. Uh, this is the coach's opportunity to really talk to officials and um, kind of get, get everybody on the same page. So with that,
0: uh, Ken, are you there? Yeah, good morning, Dennis. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, It's been quite the uh, spring session that we had, and I hope you guys, uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch these live, uh, hit uh, Behind the Flag website, AFOA, ref website, and you guys can pull up all these previous webcasts. But uh, today, I'm really excited for because we've been talking about learning defensive schemes and defensive uh, formations to make us better officials. And uh, really excited that these two coaches jumped on. Uh, The first gentleman who's going to, is is Dana on before I introduce, Dana, are you there? I can't tell. Okay, if not, we've got Coach Wes Hurley from La Cueva High School, um, defensive coordinator. Uh, As you guys all know, these two coaches have, uh, their teams are always powerhouses year after year. And uh, it never happens without a strong defense. So um, Wes has been married for 11 years to his wife. Um, I, I don't have her name. They have an 8-year-old daughter, Aspen, and a 7-year-old son, Noah. Um, Wes played for Carlsbad. I didn't know that. Uh, He's been a Cueva coach for eight years. Last four years, has been defensive coordinator. Uh, La Cueva's been in many state championship games. Um, Wes is a National Board Certified Math Teacher and the Dean of Students at the E-Academy at APS, so quite the uh, resume there. Um, Wes, I personally want to thank you for coming on. When I reached out to the head coach there, he was um, Brandon, he just jumped all over this. So uh, you guys at La Quave have always been really helpful for us officials. Um, You guys have even showed up at some of our uh, meetings uh, for the Albuquerque group and giving us your time there. And we appreciate that as well. So, um, take it away, Wes, the screen's yours.
2: Thank you guys. I just want to say first, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to to get to do this. Um, I was talking to Dennis and I think this is like a, just a really cool experience and a really cool thing to, um, to sit down and actually talk football. And like me and Aaron, we're talking about, you know, we we talk about football all the time with kids and clinics and stuff like that. But to be able to do it with refs is is a really cool experience and a really good idea, I think. So um, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity and thank you guys for, for all that you do for the game and, um, and allowing us to do it. So um, let's get started here. Um, can you guys see that? Yeah, we can see your screen. I don't know if I can hear it. Okay, awesome. All right, so, um, so our basic defensive scheme is a four-two-five. Um, that's four down linemen, two inside linebackers, and then five DBs. Um, we have two strong safeties on either side. Those guys kind of play almost like a hybrid of an outside linebacker slash strong safety, um, position. Um, and we bring pressure with that. We, we bring five to six guys more than 50% of the time. Um, usually it's just five. We don't bring a lot of six man pressures, but, um, as we'll talk about in a little bit, some of that is, uh, is, um, situationally de- dependent on down and distance, uh, game, momentum, things of that nature. Uh Something I feel like we do really well um at at Cueva defensively is um our coverage is aggressive. Our DBs are usually uh, very aggressive with with rerouting um hands-on receivers, things like that. Um the majority of the time um we are running a man-free coverage um or some variation of covered three. Um different things like that um and, and something we preach to our kids this is our kind of our defensive mantra is when we arrive we will arrive violently and we actually expand that to the kids like it's essentially just another way of saying like if when you do something do it all the way um so we try to apply that to the classroom to um to fundraising to whatever they're doing in life look if you're going to show up you show up You know um in the weight room whatever it is so when we arrive we're going to arrive uh with purpose we're going to arrive violently um and we want people to know that that we're there um so that's just kind of our 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 defensive mentality and base very basic um overview of of what we run on um situationally just me as a play caller uh first and second down we stay uh, pretty vanilla most of the time. um we'll play with coverage a little bit, uh, you know, blitz a little bit here and there but but we're really trying to to grind out first and second down most of the time um we'll we'll play a base defense unless we're looking for um, a change in momentum or um, a big play or you know um, we've got a young quarterback and we feel like we've got him on tilt or, or something along those lines. And we'll, we'll, we'll start bringing a little more pressure at that point. Um, so we do have two different types of blitzes, um, third and third and fourth and short, um, which we define as less than four yards. Um, we'll bring a run blitz most of the time. Um, we usually do that in the A's and the A and B gaps, the, the inside gaps. Um, but not always, it just depends on, on. Um, Gameplay and game plan as far as how the game's going, uh, where their weapons are, uh, where we think they're going to go, things of that nature. Um, third and long, we kind of have two philosophies. In um, the first option is we'll we'll drop more men into coverage, um, or we'll bring more pressure to rush the throw. Um, some of that depends on um, what we've been seeing out of them. Uh, there's a lot of teams that like to max protect against us um and so with that when you bring more men into max protection um you you don't get there sometimes and so your coverage can suffer so if we have a team that's max protecting a lot we'll drop into coverage and just let those guys sit back there um if they're releasing a lot of guys into routes and stuff like that they don't have that max protection uh max protection will probably bring uh, more than they can block a lot of times to, to get to throw off. Um, and as far as just, you know, situational play calling, it re- really depends on, on where you are on the field. Um, you know, as, as we get backed up against our own goal line, we're going to become more aggressive. Um, you know, the, the field gets cut down. Um, you know, if we're up, and trying to protect the lead, we may play off a little bit, make sure we don't give up the big play, things like you know just simple things like that um things to that you guys might know, like oh, in this situation they're pro- you know they might be looking to do this, you know um, and I included some clips of that, so um, this is against Monzano um second and nine and and this is in the third quarter, we had this quarterback kind of um. Rattled a little bit, I felt. So we bring some edge pressure and get there. Um, you could see the backer kind of creep up right before he goes um, off the edge at the top of the screen. So that's just an example of, um, you know, hey, we think we can get there. We think we can cause some, some havoc. Our defensive ends, if you look at the defensive end up top, um, he almost never goes inside, he's always playing outside contain. So when our defensive ends make a strong inside move like that it's it becomes really difficult on that offensive tackle because he's used to him being on that outside shoulder all game so you can see he gets good pressure there as well um, so um, and you can see our coverage is the corner at the bottom we're we're definitely in a covered three we're playing much softer than we usually play at this point um, but we'll talk about the the coverage behind it a little bit. Um, here's, here's the end zone view, um, kind of see the, the inside move and then the backer off the edge there. Um, this is against Eldo, and this is just an example of teams try to do this because we run that man free coverage. Teams really like to put us in motion. And so you can see what they're trying to do. What Eldorado's trying to do here is just get that extra guy out of the box um they're they're having a hard time blocking us and stuff like that so they that motion doesn't really mean anything other than just getting him out of the box um and so you'll see um i, I know you guys see a oh, he froze
1: <clears throat> give him a second go charlie you froze hey
2: dennis uh for numbers after. and things like that um this is actually a really good play by the the d end up top facing that down backside hey west am i good now
0: yeah we got you now uh, man free coverage i'm sorry you lost me there could you explain that please can you guys hear me yeah yeah okay
2: so man free, um and and I'm gonna go over that if we so if we look at let me stop this right here. Um, so, if we look at this is actually covered three right now, but man free, uh, what we usually do is because we have the five DBs one, two, three, four, five. Um, every every guy is manned up with a guy, and then we have a free safety in the back that's kind of he's just playing center field is what he's doing. Um, so this guy at the back doesn't have a man, um, un- unless we're bringing, if we bring a six man pressure, he usually has somebody that's when we're playing just a straight cover zero man, um, man defense. Uh, but man free means there's that free safety behind him. Um, excellent. Thank you. No problem. Good question. Um, so here you can see, you can see, especially our corner at the bottom is really giving this away. This is um, El Dorado in the fourth quarter, so we're up a little bit. So we're we're definitely – this is one of those um, situations where we're still bringing a little bit of pressure, but you can see our, our DBs are playing back. This is definitely a covered three. Our free safety should be closer to the middle of the field. Um, dropped a pick there, but um, high school kids, right? Um, but, again, sometimes when we bring pressure, especially late in the game like that, if we're going to bring pressure off the edge like that, we're going to to play a, a soft coverage behind it to make sure we don't get burnt deep. Um, so um, this is another – you can see more motion and us adjusting to it. This is another blitz off the edge. This is third and 12. Um, and so, you know, third and 12, we've got a sophomore quarterback. Um this particular game was really windy, um, so so we're gonna put people in his face and make him make a make a tough throw. Um, you can also see our coverage a little better here with the with the rerouting, the the collisions and things like that, which we'll talk about. But um, yeah, we got there. We didn't get him, um, but that's enough to to get him on the move and get him flustered and um, probably the same blitz I think we saw against Manzano. Um, you see it a little better. See our, our backer walk up and then off he goes and, you know, we miss him, but, um, so that's third and 12. That's, you know, we got off the field right there. So that's, that's an easy play. Um, you know, once, once we get there and get, get those guys off the field. Um, let's see this, this is a six man pressure. So this is, again right the same game third and nine Um, uh, we got that sophomore quarterback still um so we're gonna send some pressure and light him up a little bit get him in there so you see we we do a really bad job here of adjusting to the motion so the motion comes across and we don't adjust to it so we end up with a wide open guy sitting right here um luckily he drops that ball but you can see we don't adjust with the motion. We send six and we get there, but he misses, gets the ball off. That should have been a completion. Uh, but again, third and nine—that's um, one of those situations where we're going to bring—we're going to bring extra guys um, in a situation like this. So, so I think that's all I have for situ. Yeah,
1: I have a question. So you keep saying, you know, referring to the quarterback and. And, you know, he's a sophomore quarterback. Would your defense scheme change if there was a senior out there that... Say he won the championship last year and he's just really picking you guys apart?
2: Absolutely. You know, if that's a guy that's going to sit back there and make that throw, you know... um, And like I said, the the quarterback here does a hell of a job of getting that ball to the receiver. Um, But typically... um, you know, senior quarterbacks, they have a little more uh, moxie about them. They'll sit back there and, and make that throw and take the hit. And and if that happens, now we're sending guys. Guys are open. Windows are bigger. Um, so it does depend on the kid. Um, you know, we did the same thing against um, Cibola last year. Uh, they, they started that freshman. So the young quarterbacks who aren't used to the speed of RC ball, we like to try to speed them up a little bit. Um, you know, even if we don't get there, we want them in their heads about, oh God, here they come, you know, um, just, just to give them something to think about, but it definitely changes based on, based on the age of the quarterback and, and, you know, how experienced a quarterback is, you know, if we play this kid this year, um, we're probably not going to blitz him as much, um, because he's, he's a really good runner and he's, he makes really Really good decisions now, um, but luckily in this game he was just a sophomore, so that helped us.
1: Right. No, I, I get it. I, hey, I, I, I just need to stop here. I just want um, to clarify that you know because you know blitzing the quarterback from Rio Rancho uh, last year, Isaiah Chavez, that kid can run and and you know he just outrun your linebackers. But so so as officials, you know when we're doing our pregame, we kind of want to know. And take a look at, at uh who's on the field as far as quarterbacks and um what the defense would like try to do to that quarterback.
2: Absolutely. And Isaiah was Isaiah was a hell I mean, we there were a couple times we got to him and hit him right in his jaw and he he delivered the throw and then popped right up and, uh, eesh, you know, it's, it, it is really the difference in, in just that experience. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between a 15 year old and a 17 year old in, 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 in high school football. Um, so that's why you always see senior heavy teams usually make, uh, deep runs, have good seasons, things like that. So good question. Um, I think I'm doing okay on time. Um, uh, Um, The last thing I want to talk about is, oh, so this is where we actually change our coverage. This is another situational. Um, Here you can see us in two high. Um, We've got two safeties back there. We don't do that a lot. Uh, But this is right before halftime. They're going in to to try to score. It's first and 10. Um, They're in empty right so there's no running back so um what we've done is we've replaced one of our linebackers with another db um with another safety and so our box is really light um but we're playing coverage behind it so this is this is one of those things where we don't necessarily we still get to the quarterback but um in this the the philosophy behind this isn't we're not sending any extra guys. We're just rushing for, and you can see we've got coverage um, across the board with two guys uh, playing deep halves, um, trying to essentially protect the end zone before the end of the half. Um, so, and you can see the coverage is pretty tight there. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about our man free. Um, this is what we coach our kids to do. So our kids collision and reroute the receiver at five yards. Um, if they get a pass read, we tell them not to take their eyes off their receiver. Okay? Uh, our, our DB should not be looking back at the ball ever. Um, and this has been a uh, – we've actually had uh, refs tell us that they, they threw the flag because the, the DB wasn't looking back and, you know, we have an exchange or whatever. Um, but we, we coach our kids not to look back. Um, after we reroute, um, we tell them to play through the hands. So that means if that receiver's hands go up, your hands go up. Um, so we, we absolutely tell them, do not look, at, look back for the ball unless they are completely in phase. So what we teach, what we coach our kids is, if you are hip-to-hip hip with that receiver, um, I mean, you are his shadow, you are on him, then you can look back for the ball. Other than that, if you're out of phase by half a step, you have to play through the hands um, and play and and keep your eyes on the receiver. If the ball, so our whole philosophy is creating very small windows for, for a receiver for a quarterback to put the ball into. Um, If the ball hits the hands of a receiver, um, this is where the arrive violently comes in. We strip it out while securing the tackle. So we we teach our kids uh, until that whistle blows. It's not a catch. Um, so even if the receiver gets his hands on the ball, we're going to strip and and punch at it um, to try to knock it out. Um, and and I was talking to Coach Ocampo about this the other day. We we really preach do not grab and do not hold. Um, we actually um, – we every couple of weeks we'll take a DB who, who's got called for holding or won't stop doing it in practice or something, and we'll put tennis balls in his hands and we'll duct tape them to where he has to play the whole practice with these duct tape clubs to where he can't <laughs> grab anybody um so you know when you're when you're creating that contact and that collision i think it's natural for kids to to want to grab um so that's that's a habit and almost an instinctual thing that we try to coach our dbs not to not to do um and you know with the sideline replay there's a lot of times uh, you know we'll get a flag or something and they'll be coach I didn't do anything and we pull it up on the iPad we're like look you're you're pulling jersey like you dang sure did like stop do like right. you know and so, and we, so we, that's, have, we do have um,
1: a comment um and just to clarify DPI from one of the the deep wings back judges the defensive back is not looking back for the ball less contact is needed for DPI still must be contact, but threshold is lower since they aren't playing the ball. Um, so just, so you're aware of, of what the back judges are looking for in that scenario. And so we do know that face guarding is legal. Um, if as long as you can touch them and you, and you, and are face guarding, that's not DPI. But as far as not playing the ball, um, that back judge wanted wanted you to know um exactly
2: what they're looking at on that scenario. Correct. And and the only contact that we're preaching when the ball's in the air is when the ball hits the receiver's hands.
1: Right. Right. Um
2: And then there's a question. Um
1: what is your trips, bunch, adjustment, and man coverage? How do you trade
2: routes? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so if we're in if we're in true man coverage, we'll we'll switch routes. Um, I had some clips of those, but I didn't put them in here. Uh, we, we'll switch routes, but then as far as uh, and teams do this a lot because they know we run the man free a lot. They'll put us in motion to to try to create uh, mismatches. Clovis did it really well against us last year, um, but it's that's easy when you have four really good receivers too. Um, so what the what we'll do we'll do one of two things. It, when that guy motions to trips or they line up in trips, uh, if they line up in trips, we'll try to bring our strong safety over so we're matching skill with skill. If they motion to trips, we'll do one of two things. We'll either bump our bump our backers, um, so the strong safety will go into the inside, and then that inside backer will will take the motion guy or number three on the trip side. Um, however. Um, if we feel like they're doing that a lot and it's creating a mismatch, we have done well where with that motion to trips, we'll bring our free safety down to cover number three, leave the inside backers inside. And then that strong safety um, that the motion is going away from will float back. So we'll, we'll roll those safeties instead of bumping the linebackers.
1: Great. Thank you. And so if um, I think that's, about 25 minutes. Um, hey, Dennis, before, before, you, De-
0: before, Dennis before you introduce Coach Ocampo,
1: can I uh, ask Wes one more question, please? Yeah, if anybody has any questions, now your time.
0: Wes, can you go back to that? uh The when you had two um, free safeties or two that 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 yeah one back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as as a I, I'm usually a work back judge, so I can only speak really back judge. So. I only have, after I do my pre-snap routine, I don't have much time to analyze a, a defensive setup. I mean, I'm now that you're showing me this, obviously I'm going to be more um, in tune with how they're getting set up. But looking at this, I have, I don't know, three to five seconds to try to read defense, see what the offense is setting up. What can I expect those two deeps to do? And you you, you said they just take sides, they play a zone, basically. Yeah, so how we coach those those
2: cover two safeties is they should stay on the hash and they've got half the field. So he has that half and he has this half. So, but they should stay on the hashes. Um, they don't do a really good job like that. They, like O'Toole oh, is over here. I don't know. He should be, especially with trips. His butt should be right here, but I think it's because they're on this hash. He's cheated over a little bit, um, that, and he probably feels like anything out here he can still get to, but, yeah, they should be staying on the hash and, and covering each half of that field, um, and as you can see at the beginning of this play, to make that a little harder um, is they're going hurry up right now. So you can see, I mean, there's there's not a lot of time between plays to – to try to see what's going on anyway, because things are moving at this point. Um, So I, I completely understand. But, yeah, that's what those guys are looking for. So the, if an offense is going to attack this, it's going to be right in here, Um, which considering it's the end of the half, we're looking good for because we'd like to make a tackle just run out the clock right there.
0: I guess that's really what my question was. Where would that defense be attacked? You just said right in the middle of the field there. Thank you. Right there, yeah.
1: Great, thank you. Does anybody else have any questions for Wes before we um, switch to the next presenter? All right. So, uh, thanks, Wes. We, we really appreciate your time. That was that was great. That's exactly what we were looking for, and, and um, you know, we really appreciate your time.
0: Wes, can you stick awesome. around? So Thank you, guys. some more. Uh, do you have time to stick around? I'm sure we're going to have more questions after Aaron's presentation.
2: Absolutely, I'm not going anywhere. Thank you.
1: So, our next uh, clinician is Aaron Ocampo, and Aaron is married to Eileen, and they have two children: fifteen-year-old daughter, eleven-year-old son. Uh, Aaron played football at Grants High School for his father. Uh, he played at Highlands uh, for one season in 1995, then he transferred to UNM and played there from 95 to 97. Um, after his uh, playing career, he became an assistant coach at Socorro for one year, then went moved on to Manzano, then became head coach at Manzano from 2001 to 2011. Now, coach Ocampo is the head coach at Centennial, where he has an overall coaching record of 61-21. I hope that's right. I'm not a math teacher, so <laughs> I think that's what I came up with. And he also uh, coaches track and field. So, Aaron, it's all yours. We appreciate your time, and uh, can't wait to hear what you have to say.
3: All right. thank Thanks for having me, and uh, um, let me get this shared here. Thank, thanks for having me. It was nice listening to Wes there. And can you all see my PowerPoint here? Yes, we can see it. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't have the intelligence that Wes does. I can't get the PowerPoint into my huddle, so I'm going to have to go back and forth. Um, just a little bit about our defense. Um, we We, we want to create a nightmare for the coach and the players on the other team. That's the biggest thing we try to do. Um, kind of like what Wes just talked about with the young quarterbacks so we we want to do that with attack and movement on defense um what what that means is is we want to move pre-snap and post-snap um, just so the the linemen don't know where we're coming from the quarterback doesn't know what coverage he's seeing and more importantly the coach or the play caller doesn't know what we're going to be in from play to play to play i know i call the offense and if you pretty much know when you're calling a play that the defense is going to adjust a certain way um it's easier to call plays um if you're calling plays and you know it could be three or four different things it's much harder to get a get a in a rhythm calling plays um so that that's what we do uh you know we we do a pretty good job defensively we're we're not a team that has a whole bunch of creatures running around you know a bunch of six three kids or anything like that we we're smaller and we've got some tough kids and we feel like we have to move um, in, in in order to be uh, uh, in in order to be proficient defensively. So one thing we do is we have to be proficient at multiple pressures and multiple coverages. And um it may seem like it's a lot that we're doing, but for us, we we start in spring and and we're we're getting reps and reps and reps of maybe the eight or nine different blitzes that we're doing. So we get so many reps at it. we can do it week after week after week, but it's hard for, the team we're playing to be able to prepare for it in really three days of practice. And like, like I said, we want the play caller to never know exactly where we're coming from. Um, One thing we do with our blitzes is we're a primary zone blitz team. We're a three, four defense. So when we blitz, most of the time we try to back it up with coverage. Um, If if we're bringing something off the left side, then we want to have somebody backing it up with their eyes in the backfield, being able to, um, see what's coming because coaches are smart. They, they know if you're bringing pressure from one area, they're going to try to beat it with a quick, a quick screen, or they're going to try to beat it with, um, you know, uh, uh I, I don't know, a speed option or something like that. We always want to back it up. And then one thing we do is, is our signals and our calls are not wordy. We're, we're, we're pretty much one signal calls. Uh, what what that means is is our coach, our defensive coordinator, gives one signal, and that tells everybody what to do. So we may have a lot of words, but it's it's kind of some of the same things. And the reason we do that is a, a lot of teams are smart. They'll see us come in from one area, then they all look at the sideline trying to change what they're going to do. Well, it's pretty easy for us to change the defensive call. To coach uh, coach Louis Labarine, our defensive coordinator, does an awesome job with this. If if the other teams changing their play call then right away our kids look at our coach and we have signals that mean we're going to keep it the same or we have signals that mean we're going to change the defense just according to what his gut is. Um, here is is one of our first defenses that we're doing. This is a four down um, zone coverage. And this is what we call our base defense. Um, base means we're not going to bring any pressure. We don't run a lot of base. Uh, but here, here's a look. It's a zone and we're going to show a two deep but we're going to play three deep. So we have a corner and a corner in the thirds. The strong safety is going to roll up and he's going to play the flat. The, the sandbacker is going to play the flat, usually to the trip side. The Mike is going to play the middle uh, curl area. I'm sorry, the, the, the curl to the trips area. And the Mike's going to play the curl. And our mo backer is going to play the weak side flat and we'll rush four players. Um, like I said, we don't play a lot of base, but we, we feel it's always important to have something to go back to. Uh, for my cut-up video, I, I decided I was only going to put uh, – I put film from last year on it, and I was only going to put film against some of the really good teams we played because sometimes you you put film against somebody that maybe isn't as athletic as you or what have you, and, and I wanted to kind of show good and bad plays here. Okay, here here's an example. Like – Like I said, we want to be multiple. We don't want the play caller to know what we're doing. Most of the time, we are sending pressure here. We're not sending pressure. This is a third and 10 situation, and we're playing that really good quarterback from Rio Rancho right here. And in this case, we wanted to play coverage. We wanted to play with seven guys back. So we're we're disguising with the strong safety here, and he's going to roll up on the snap. Once again, you don't want to let a quarterback just know what you're doing right off the snap. So we're disguising a little bit. Uh, strong safety's coming up to play the flat. We're rushing with four. And one, one thing that, that happens here is he doesn't get a blitz. So he's got seven in coverage, and it's kind of hard to find a window for him. So he decides to tuck and run, and we're able to kind of track him down and, and, and get the sack there. Um, you know, so sometimes just keeping a really good player like this off track by changing things up on him. Um, usually, he's expecting some kind of pressure. He doesn't get it. He doesn't have the window he wants, and he's got to tuck it and and go ahead and look to run right there. All right, here here's another play. This is against Cleveland. This is that same kid that was in the state championship against La Cueva, but as a junior, heck, he was a, a heck of a quarterback here. Um, here once again, we we are showing like it's going to be a man coverage and we're going to be pressuring. Coach Labarine does a good job. Our D coordinator, he's calling disguises with it. So we're showing like it may be a cover zero, which means everyone's man with no deep help. And on the snap, we're bailing back and we're playing our normal cover three and we're dropping seven. So um, we're, we're not going to get the great pressure, especially against, you know Cleveland's outstanding offensive line uh, but we have a lot in coverage he's able to get it under his feet and step into his throw and completes a dig across the middle and this is second and 14 and it gets him a first down now if you look sometimes this gets us since we are not running base a lot our Mike Backer you'll see right here he chases the shallow route across rather than just sitting in the zone and letting these guys take it the scheme's not bad, it's the execution from the backer. He leaves that window open and it leaves him a big area to throw the ball into. Um, which you know probably was the difference in this game. We ended up losing it 21 to 14 and th- this play I think resulted in in a scoring drive for him. All right, let me go back to my PowerPoint. I'm going through fast here and y'all can stop me if you have any questions or anything. But here is one of our base defenses. I I, I think we called our field pressure Uh, defense more than any defense we called all season last year and this is from our base three forefront and what what we're going to do is and this is big you know that that i'd like to see all you officials seeing is is we're moving with our defensive line um we had an all-state dn two years ago that weighed 175 pounds he was (laughs) playing dn here and he's he was just good because he could move and he was strong um, but we, we can play smaller kids because they're moving. They're almost like linebackers on the field moving around. So we, we're going to blitz him all the way down to A-gap. We're slanting the entire defensive line this way, and we're going to bring the Sam backer and we will bring the strong safety off the edge also. And We like blitzing the safety because he's usually one of our fastest, best players, and he's going to cause havoc quickly. Um, sometimes we'll switch it up, and we'll send the backer instead of the safety. And when I talked about backing up the blitz, here's what we do with the corner. He's going to trap. And what that means is he's going to come inside the number one receiver and his eyes are in the backfield for any quick throw or any quick run out here. And he's going to be able to play that. He also has coverage responsibility, which is number two. And I'm not going to go big deep into it, but we want to cause movement. We want to cause chaos. We want to cause havoc for the defense. This free safety is playing the half that coach uh, Wes was talking about. And this corner is playing the half. So we have different players doing different responsibilities um, with the movement that we're creating. And and this is a five-man pressure. Um, We're only bringing five, which which makes it a zone blitz. And we're playing zone, but we're playing with different players um, in, in different spots. So let me click here and get one of the first examples of this. So right here we are we're playing our our field trap coverage and we have our strong safety and our sandbacker coming off the edge and this is a field call so it doesn't really matter what the defense what the offense is doing we're going to bring this from the field side and i think it's somewhere around 80 percent of the snaps in high school football at least for us are happening near the hashes so we're we're a field boundary defense um You see, we got some disguising going on. We have our free safety running over and playing the half here. Our corner is doing the trap. This corner is coming back, playing the half. Now we have a little adjustment here, um, being that the corner doesn't need to run to the half because it's tripped, so he kind of stays locked up here. And then the D-line slants across. So what we get is everyone's slanting, We get home on the quarterback, it's just a little bit too late with our strong safety, and and we're there getting close to hitting him. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes you lose um, defensively, and we've got a bad matchup issue here. We've got a corner here on this D1 receiver, and he runs by us. Um, We're we're in our catch man technique, and and our corner coach, uh, Coach West could probably help me out with this because he coaches this really well. But our corner doesn't slide and get in front of the receiver and get hands-on well enough um, to slow him down and stay with him. And he ends up getting beat, and the kid still catches the ball. But here's an example of a bad play. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you lose um, on these blitzes. You, you take chances, and, and you lose. But I think we held Cleveland to the lowest amount of points they, they had all season with, with 21 um, just because of the deception we're constantly giving them. Um, Here's a play against Rio Rancho, same call, we're sending the Sam, we're sending the strong safety, we got the corner trapping right behind it. The free safety is going to play the half to the field, and once again, we've got movement, we've got deception, and we feel this is really good run defense for us, because when we bring that strong safety, the um, the O-line has to account for him. So the tackle here is blocking our strong safety, which now leaves our inside backer free to be an extra hat on the run. So we we, we really like playing our trap coverages um, in run situations or in pass situations, but uh, we, we feel it's something that can help us both ways. Here you can see um, our D-line slant across. We're trying to run. If a play goes this way, we're running it down that way, and we're blitzing it from the other side. So we just create some confusion with the other team's offensive line as we go. Let me me skip to the next play here. Here, um, uh, it's gotten real popular to to do RPOs, um, run pass options. And here's an example right here of us getting pressure on the field side blitz and our linebacker comes out because he doesn't have an immediate run responsibility. He's more of a pass player first, and he ends up getting an interception and, and running it for, for a touchdown. The other thing I want you to see on this is our free safeties run in the half, and our corner's able to come in and trap. So if they want to try bubble screens or anything like that, our corner can see it and come right in and make a play.
0: Aaron, can I jump in with a quick question? Yes. I'm noticing a theme um, from both La Cueva and uh, Centennial that I don't see a whole lot of press coverage. Um, you guys seem to give a pretty big buffer to the wide receivers. Can you elate on that?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of press coverage at all. Um, we do do a little press coverage. If, if we get to it, then I'll, I'll show one of our defensive calls where we do play some press coverage. But I, here's why I don't like press coverage is I feel – If this corner was to press this receiver and you run him off, which means I'm going to run him on a route 40 yards deep, that corner has to play the receiver. He can't peek in the backfield to see what's going on. So if I line up four receivers and run four receivers off, then that's four defenders you're not playing with now. Now you're defending with seven. And we want to defend with all 11 players. So the two defenses I've showed you so far are zone defenses, and the one great thing about zone blitzes is we can pressure, but all of our defensive backs' eyes are in the backfield seeing what's going on. They're able to get a run pass read. The other thing we're coaching our guys to read is we're coaching them to read the tackles. If you can see the tackle and if you can see he's firing out run blocking, then now I know I can play heavier to run. If I see he's pass blocking, well, now I could get my eyes on my pass reads and know that it's probably going to be a pass. So there's so many, I mean, we're constantly telling our DBs, hey, cheat, get the answers to the test, cheat, see what what you're seeing from the linemen, have soft eyes, see everything. But the last thing I want is for our guy to be pressed and then they could just run him off. And then the other thing with press is you, you leave yourself susceptible to the big play, especially in blitzes. Like if we're playing, if we're blitzing and we don't have any help, I want my corner off. That way, if they throw a short pass, I can run up and defend the short pass and I can make a tackle. But if we blitz, let's say we're blitzing six guys and he's pressed, the quarterback can easily take a drop, throw a fade, and now they have a chance to complete a fade and the blitz isn't going to matter because he's going to get it off before he gets hit anyway. So we're big on playing off. We're big on our corners, seeing everybody. And I want to play defense with 11 guys. I don't want to play with seven guys. Um, some teams get away with it. Some teams are really good. Uh, Eldorado back a few years ago, they would press a lot. They play a lot of man, and they were so good in the box that you weren't going to get by them anyway. Um, but that, that's, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm going to move on to our, our sister uh, uh, blitz, our boundary trap blitz. So what our boundary trap blitz is, is we're going to disguise like we're coming from the field But instead, we're going to bring the will and we're going to bring our Mo backer and we're going to slant to the field. And uh, the idea is the same. We're still playing trap coverage. The corner on the blitz side is going to trap. The free safety is going to play the half. This corner is going to play the half. Our strong safety is a trap. And then we've got two underneath players with our Sam and our Mike backer. Um, The beauty of this is we're able to disguise – we're able to disguise the field pressure and run a boundary pressure. So right here is a good example. Here, this is Crucis, and they get in their double wing. They like to do this against us because we blitz. Um, but here, they don't. Know, this quarterback doesn't know where it's coming. He doesn't know if it's coming from the field or if it's coming from the boundary. The coordinator doesn't know what's coming. So you've really got to be ready for everything. So here, they end up motioning, and they send a fly series to the field, which theoretically would be good. You have a lot of field to run out there, and we're blitzing from the boundary. Um, But as you watch, all of our players are running to where the play is going, and we've got blitzers chasing it down from behind. So we end up making a play for like a one-yard gain right here. Um, If you watch our D linemen, they're all just running down the line. They're running down the line, and they're reading the linemen as they go. And one thing that I'd hope as officials you can kind of see is when we're slanting and when we're moving, a lot of times offensive linemen get lazy, and they're going to grab a hold, and they're going to pull us, and they're not going to try to let us get to our gaps. Um, For instance, right here, this weak side DN, he's a 180-pound kid, and he's slanting across this guard's face. And right away, what the guard does is he grabs a hold of him and pulls, and he's he's doing everything he can to keep him from getting out there. And and Cruz's High is one of our big rivals, and and they're they're some holding son of a guns. Those guys, I I think when they're freshmen, they they teach them how to hug and hold, and and they kind of know you're going to call us sometimes for it, but you're not going to call us all the time for it, so they're going to keep doing it. Um, Here is another example of the boundary pressure. We're sending the, the, the blitz from the boundary. We're slanting that way, and we're chasing it from behind. Here on this one, their running back did an outstanding job of breaking the first tackle. And as you see here, we've we've got slanting going on, and you could see right over here this tight end, who is an excellent tight end. You could just see them grabbing a hold of our D end, and sometimes you get it. I'm I'm a former O-lineman. I I was taught to hold from day one. Um, Sometimes they're going to get called. Sometimes they're not. But uh, here's an example. We're chasing it down, and, and what we'd like to see is we'd like to see this outside backer right here. Um, we'd like to see him throw. And he he, he should have thrown it, and, and, and Gator rolled that. He should have he just dove out, grabbed, and twisted the, the legs and brought him down right there, but he decided not to throw, which, which ultimately cost us a seven-yard gain right here. But the, the beauty of this blitz is we see a lot of teams do the zone read stuff. This guy is playing the running back. This guy is playing the quarterback, and we we work that a lot. So teams have a hard time running the zone read against us. I'm going to go ahead and move on. I want to make sure we get through all these different defenses. So right right now, we we, we kind of have blitzes off of each other. We got the field. We got the boundary. Now, this is another field pre- pressure, but this is a cover three pressure, so very similar to the coverage. Um, one of the coverages that that Coach West was talking about, we've got our corners playing thirds, our free safeties playing the middle post, and then our strong safety is going to roll up. And we're usually going to bring some combination of Sam and Mike pressure on the field, and the D lineman will slant toward the boundary. The uh, Moe backer will play the middle hole, and the Will backer will play the flat on the boundary side. So we're once again in a five-man pressure but this time, instead of playing trap coverage, we're, we're playing a cover three coverage. Um, so let me get to the next one here. So we we like doing these in a little bit more pass situations, um, being that we have a free safety deep. You're 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 kind of losing that that man in in, uh, in in run right here. So we're bringing that field pressure, and Rio Rancho was one of the better teams. That we played last year, as far as picking up pressures, but right here you see that this was the Gatorade Player of the Year last year in New Mexico at quarterback. Here, and he's visibly, you know, he's seeing the blitz and he's throwing hot, but he's wanting to get rid of that ball too quickly and he throws something a little bit too quick, um, just because of a pressure dynamics. Just because we're doing different things um, here, our mo backer does a poor job in his in his uh, in his hole area. He's going to have the middle hole, and as he sees that tight end come, he he overplays the running back going on the swing. So when the running back goes on the swing, he's got to understand that the wheel backer is taking the swing and he's taking the new number three player that's coming inside. And so we overplay that. But luckily with the pressure and with the quarterback wanting to get rid of the ball quickly, they end up throwing a pass that's, that's a little bit too quick out there. And here you'll 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 see our front. We've got the D line slanting this way. We've got the backer coming in and the setbacker coming right here. Here is our um, our cover three zone blitz to the field versus a run play. They're running a quarterback stretch play, and luckily we have the blitz coming right into it. I'll show you on the end zone what what the blitz is. Our strong safety should be coming up a little bit harder on this. He's kind of coming up slow. Um, But it does does provide a really good disguise for the receiver because the receiver thinks, I don't have to block him since he's deep. He ends up blocking him, which keeps our strong safety coming down free. And we get a bunch of hats right there on the outside zone stretch play. Now, we like to do a twist action, which a lot of times can call can cause holding penalties also. We'll sometimes bring the, the mic here and the end around, so we get a little bit of a game action going in on that. Our DN does a good job. As he's doing the twist, he sees the stretch action, and he moves out with the stretch action, which gets him in on the tackle. The other good thing about this is, is we're, we're playing a cover three, which I think Coach West would, would agree that this is... Uh, a, a good way to keep everything underneath you in a pass situation. Well, here, I think this, I, I don't know what the situation, it's first and 10 here, and we're running the twist game with the blitz, and it's a good way to defend draw. A lot of teams like running draws or screens, and when you do that twist action, it 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 really keeps them from running that. So they're, they're trying to run a draw, and Crucis expects us to be in our trap coverage. So Coach Lopez is really smart. He knows that we like to play trap coverage and draw is a good call to trap coverage. But since Coach Labarine is mixing it up here, we're in our cover three coverage and it's not a very good call here. So this is uh, an example of us getting one over the play caller. He's expecting one thing. We give him another and now we he's guessed wrong and we're running the same schemes that we always run since you know, spring ball. All right, Uh, let's move on right here. Now, this this call is a cover two man. And, And Coach earlier was talking about man free. Man free is simply you got one free player and there's five people man on the five eligible receivers. Well, cover two man is two players playing deep halves with the mic, the Mo, the Sam, the corner, and the corner playing the five eligible receivers man underneath. And when we do this, we only rush four. This is almost opposite our philosophy because we are a big pressure team. But kind of like Coach said, if teams want to max protect you, they want to keep a bunch of guys in the box and throw deep, it's better for us to double cover the receivers. So um, a lot of times if Coach Laverine is feeling like, hey, there may be a chance that they're going to throw deep, he'll call our cover two man and we'll disguise it and we'll, we'll be able to double cover their receivers. Meaning, you know, if the stud kid is here and he's running a streak on us, we can press and we can play man on him and have another player go over there to play it. So essentially he's double covered. And what we do when we play this is we teach our guys to press in this situation. Because we want to play a trail technique. And what, what that means is we want to be beat on this when it's the underneath coverage. If he beats us, I'm trailing him and I'm running in his hip. I know I have deep help that's going to play the deep ball. What I'm doing is I'm playing underneath him. So wherever he breaks, I'm ready to break that way. So we have him covered underneath and over the top. Um, it's something that we feel is pretty effective. And I've got a few clips of it. We don't play it a lot but we we do try to play it in in certain situations, okay? So right here, you see we're we're disguising, but at the last second, our corner here is pressed. This corner is, is gonna press. We've got the Mo on him. The Mike is on the running back. The Sam is on the slot. And these guys are playing closer, but by the time the ball snapped, we want them at about 12 getting depth. So they're both playing each side of the field. And we don't we tell our guys to to kind of play the hash, but they're also kind of playing the receivers too. Where we I mean, we really want to know who their guys are. Who are the guys they're trying to throw to? We want to be ready to play against those guys. So right here, our backer comes across and we switch this. When whenever these two get close, these two switched off the routes just because it's easier to do that. And we we have the guys playing halves here. And we, we make – there's no place to throw down the field for the quarterback. We've got everybody covered underneath. Um, you see right here our corner does a pretty good job. He's playing heavy inside leverage. We don't want to give up the slant, and we're playing that trail technique to where we are not letting him break on an out or a comeback, and we know we have our deep help. Our backers are covering the two slots pretty good. Our Mike takes his eyes off the running back, which was really dangerous, but luckily he, he goes to make up and the running back falls over. Um, the one thing I want you to see here is the quarterback. He, he's a heck of a quarterback. I think he was first team All-State last year, second team All-State. He's used to seeing pressure. Now he sees it's, it's two-man, and whatever he's expecting, right away he gets off and He can't get in the rhythm because of the things that we're doing defensively. He ends up making a good play, but unfortunately the running back falls over. All right, here, here's another play. Um, right here, Coach Labarine, he sees that they're in double tight. Cleveland's not often in double tight. He knows they're back deep. Um, Riddenhauer has a big tendency. If he's packed up deep, he's probably going to throw deep and get himself out of that territory. And they got a 6'5 uh, receiver that's you know D1. So we know what they're probably doing. So he ends up calling our, our lock coverage. And here we are playing lock coverage. And the quarterback, he sees we want to disguise it so our safeties are playing close, like we may be playing the run, and then he's peddling to play that half. Quarterback sees it's not there. He ends up just kind of throwing it away. Uh, but for wh- whatever reason, we we uh, their receiver stops. Our corner just starts playing him, and he kind of flails. We kind of get pushed around, and they get a penalty, and they get 15 yards on us on that one. But that's sometimes the way it goes. Um, here, when we do play our lock, we usually slide to a four man front and we just know there's not going to be great pressure. But like coach said, they're max protect, which means they're keeping seven, eight guys in protection. They only have two on the route. So now we're not going to get home. We're not going to get pressure, especially with those creatures they have as old linemen at Cleveland. Um, but what we do have is we have double coverage is that stud out there that we can't really cover well. Um, now we've got him double covered. Okay, here's another example of our lock coverage right here.
0: Coach, can, can I interrupt you real quick? Can you go back yes. to the previous clip? Okay. Where you, where you disguise your your double team on their stud wide receiver? Yes. And as okay. officials, you know, we talk about this play a lot, having a patient flag, two-step process. To me, it. I, I hope some of you other guys, we have a couple of Division I college football guys on this too. Um, this is a – once the wide receiver gives up his route, to me, he turned into a defensive back and, and you know, basically gave up on the play. So I think if the official – you know, and I know we're not running a crew of seven, so the back judge and the wing have a pretty good look at this. But I, I don't know. If, I think if that flag comes out a little more patient and you really analyze the play, did the wide receiver give up and turn into a defensive back to keep anybody else from getting to the ball – Does anybody else see that besides myself?
3: I see exactly what you're talking about. I felt felt a little bit irritated with this call during the game, and I kind of felt during the game we were getting a lot of calls against us, and this is in the quarterfinals, and, um, you know, Cleveland, I think, was the one seed, or I don't know. They were a high-up seed, whatever it was, 3-2, and – Sometimes I feel like in the playoffs, if you, you you get a crew and it's a crew that's not a central crew in Albuquerque or it's a crew from Cruces, you get a crew from someplace else in the state. And um, sometimes on, on that home field, I feel like it like there, there's a feeling like one team should win. And sometimes the, the calls, I mean, probably it's not even anything consciously, but sometimes the calls just don't go your way when you're on the road like that.
0: Yeah, I, I see your point. You coaches are passionate, but I was hoping uh, Joseph or uh, Sean Bennett could jump in and uh, discuss this play a little bit because it's it's pretty important to us to get these correct and at least have a discussion about them. Can you go back to the sideline view? Yeah. So I, I can see, you know, the reason the flag came out so quickly. So if you pause it um, with the ball in the air right now, we see contacts already been made by the DB. Mm-hmm. So his initial thought was, I've got ball in the air. I've got contact by the DB. Now, in our thought process, you know, am I going to take the time to think, well, why is the contact there? Did the receiver cut his route short? Did he give up? Honestly, you know, depending on the situation, of the game, I might, think through that, or I might just say, well, oh, I saw ball in the air in contact by the DB. I'd look for help from the wing official. You know, does he have a better angle? Did he see something different? But, you know, I think I, I do see the contact with the ball in the air. There's no doubt. And they both point the, the contact
3: so. was because the receiver stopped. Yeah, and both two guys threw the flag. So, you know, it's what they gotcha. saw. Gotcha, yeah.
0: Okay, thanks. Sorry, Coach. I, I just didn't want to go on without having a quick discussion about it. Thank you.
3: Okay. Uh, do I have another caller? Is that it? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, and then our final defense I was going to show, um, what is is cover zero pressure, and what covers zero pressure is is we're we're not having anybody deep. Um, corner is man, safety is man, free safety is man, corners man, and we can do cover zero pressure a couple different ways. We can assign one of the linebackers to cover the running back. Or in this case, we have a pressure where we're sending seven. And the Sam and the wheel backer have what's called flare control. So that what that means is if the running back runs a swing, then they've got him. So we're, we're bringing seven. If the running back stays in, we got seven going. But if he runs this way, then the wheel's got him. And everybody else is continuing pressure, knowing we're going to get a couple people home because they only have five to protect. Um, the, if the running back runs into the line, then what our DNs are doing is, is they have what's called mush rush, which they're, mush, they're, they're pushing up and they're rushing, but they've got the running back on screen. So their job, they're not trying to sack the quarterback. They're just pushing back, and they're looking for quarterback scramble, or they're looking to grab the running back if it's a screen. And, and there, if the running back breaks out free on a screen, we'll almost take the holding call and take the penalty over letting him catch the ball because we know that could be trouble if, if he ends up catching that. Um, So let me show you some clips of this. Uh, We feel cover zero is a good change up because um, in a pass situation, you can get pressure on the quarterback and you can get more guys in his face. And one of y'all asked that great question earlier. I I do not want to press if we're playing cover zero. I I tell, and sometimes my DB coaches want to, and I'm telling, we're not pressing. Because if I press this guy, he can throw a streak or a fade. He can just catch it and throw it, and they have a good chance to complete it on us, and the, and the blitz means nothing. We can't get there in time to do, to, to do anything, but we like to play the catch coverage, and we've learned this from La Cueva, where you play off and you sit there in stone. You don't backpedal. You just play off, and you're reading the quarterback's quick drop. If you see him just set up to throw the ball quickly, then we're playing down on the slant. All these guys know he does not have time to throw a post. He does not have time to throw a deep streak. He does have time to throw a slant or a hitch, and I can sit and play those routes hard. And I can make the tackle. I could break up the ball. Whatever we want to do, we want that quarterback to hitch step and hold that ball. Once again, the disguise, the movement. We showed this look earlier in the game, and we played base coverage. But now we're showing this look, and this quarterback, who's a heck of a quarterback, he doesn't know what it's going to be. He doesn't know if it's going to be base coverage. He doesn't know if it's going to be zone blitz. He doesn't know if it's going to be man blitz. And here on this play, they're doing a little disguising. Um, Coach Rittenauer smart. He's faking a snap count to see what they're doing. Well, we bring, we bring them all. And right here, they are wanting to run screen to the running back. And here our outside linebacker's job is he's got the running back. If he does flare control, so he sees the running back go block him, forget it. You do not rush anymore. You cover him. So right here, we have him covering the running back. We have our D end, much rushing, soaking up a block. And now he's looking to help out on the running back. Now, for the defensive backs, you see they're all playing their good catch coverage right here. And we've got everyone covered man to man. Uh, the the one guy that's not doing a good job is our free safety here. He's pedaling. He shouldn't be pedaling. He should be in that catch coverage. We don't want to pedal and give give a lane. La Cueva, uh, two years ago in the semifinals, beat us. Um, well, they beat us pretty good, but they hit us on a slot post because we were bailing instead of playing catch coverage. Show you the end zone. And there's a bunch of creative ways you can, you can bring cover zero pressure but once again, you want to create a nightmare for the the play caller and the quarterback and the O line. Create a nightmare for him right here. The Quarterback sees the pressure, has to get rid of the ball quickly, has to throw it away right
1: there. Hey, coach, we have a question in the chat room. Okay, does your zone schemes change if it's a heavy if it's a pass heavy or run heavy team?
3: You know what? No, our our coverages are what they are when we teach them in spring ball um but we may call more of one thing than another going into a game plan so on sunday we're okay this team likes to do this well then we're going to call a lot more of maybe trap coverages this week or we're going to call this or this but typically we don't change what our what our how we do our coverages or anything like that we just have different coverages that we will do more of for every time it seems like we change something on our kids and we do something a little different, our kids aren't very good at it and they don't execute it very well. So we do our best to just stay doing what we do and being multiple enough in what we do to where we can pick from a menu that we think is best on, on, on what we're going to do. But sometimes like we may go in thinking, OK, we're only going to do this. We're not going to do trap, trap coverages. And we get in the game and things aren't working good. Coach starts calling the trap coverages, which we haven't practiced that week, but the kids know them so well, we can execute them and and have success with it. It's a good question. Thank you. All right, here's another example of of our cover zero. They're in a trip set. So we got three for three on the other side. And we end up getting home on the blitz. Um, it, it's funny. This is like deja vu from Coach West's video. He showed the video of the guy coming free on this same quarterback as a sophomore. Now he's a junior. And the, the dude isn't the fastest guy, but he does an awesome job in scramble drill. He makes guys miss and runs around, keeps his eyes downfield, makes throws. Uh, the good thing about being in a man coverage, though, is, is we've got a man for a man. And uh, our corner really does a poor job on this of staying with his man as he's coming in. Um, I don't know why he passes off. Maybe he's just confused. I, you know, I really couldn't tell you, but we, it's, it's a second and 19 call and he ends up making a tackle for a five yard game. And so we'll, we'll take that. I'll show one more of these here. Here's a, Oh, this is back at the beginning of the cut up. So, uh, that, that was what, I, what I had in this. I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing and, and, uh, I guess, open any questions if you all have any questions.
0: Man, I was taking notes. I don't know about you guys, but I this is the first of – hopefully we can have at least one more of these before uh, this next season, and hopefully we'll have a season. But, oh, my God, I, I realize how weak I have been at, at knowing, understanding defenses
3: well i I will tell you I think what what coach Hurley does at la cueva is really um pretty unique they, they not a lot of teams do strictly what they do and they're um, they 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 do what they do and they do it so well it, it's tough to execute against them because they're so fundamentally sound doing it and then what we do is really different too I think a lot of teams just kind of line guys up and and just hope they they have good enough guys to stop it but uh i I think you did a good job in choosing coach Hurley. And, uh, you know, we've been successful. We'll, we'll see in the future. We, we're going to not quite have as many talented kids this year. So it's going to be a challenge for us if we're playing.
1: Well, we do appreciate your time coach and, um, try to keep these to an hour. We're a little bit over, but it's okay. Um, do you have any questions, uh, for coach Aaron Ocampo or coach Hurley before we go? Coaches, do you have any questions for us? Now's your time to ask a uh, official question without getting flagged.
0: I have a question I'll,
1: for the coaches that oh, go ahead. Uh, about what kind of
3: a communication do you want from officials? What are you looking for from us? I I think most of the time they do a real good job. Um, if we ask what what they're what what they saw or or something like that. I I think they do a pretty good job. I know we had a couple games where they had the uh, the the microphone system where they could talk to each other from across the field, and that was nice because you could kind of hear what they saw. Um, but I, I I'd say the the kind of probably most um, challenging thing is knowing how a crew is going to be with coaches being on the field um, like. When we're signaling or in between plays, some groups will kind of let you be out there, you know, three or four yards on the field. And then other groups, you know, it seems from the start of the game, the the, the sideline uh, judge is is kind of like, you need to be off the field the entire time and kind of being, being mean about it. So it, it would just be nice to have some consistency with that, I think.
0: Uh, Dennis is a line of scrimmage guy. I'll let him talk about that, but uh, we will definitely, I'm taking notes, and when we meet with, uh, you know, coaches and talk to assigners, we'll bring that up.
3: Appreciate it, Aaron.
0: I think the the rule book
1: pretty much outlines sideline, you know, coaches are allowed to be on the white between plays, but um, after that they got to get back. And so as far as being on the field, the, the rule book pretty, pretty much defines uh, where the coaches need to be. So personal opinion, I'll just d- defer to what the rule book says.
3: So some fishing aiding groups are letting people do more than they should then.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but um, I think that's our time. We do appreciate uh, you guys being with us on Saturday morning. Coaches, check your emails. We sent you an email and, um, yeah. If you have any questions from us, go ahead and, and get a hold of us, and we'll try to answer what we can. As far as breakdown, there's a process to go through the Animal office and to get that to a evaluator on any type of um, play that happened during your games. If you want to question what what went on, so
3: but uh, hey coaches
0: reach out to us if there's anything we can do for you guys. Okay, even during the season.
3: All right. Awesome. Thank you.
0: All right.
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you on the field.
3: All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.